0: I am Tom Holland, and this is Fitness Disrupted 2.0. Oh, I love to get questions from you, and I got an awesome one yesterday. I said, I gotta get to work. This is an entire show. Now, quite often, normally, I do listener mailbag shows where I'll take 5, seven, ten questions and put them all into one episode not for this one this one needs its own show and uh it's just perfect it's perfect it's about cardio and strength it's about advice it's about what is better what should you do first and It's just perfect. So what's the common question? I've done podcasts about these, written about it for many, many years. What should you do or which should you do first, cardio or strength? Now, I don't want to do a deep dive on the answer to that, but of course it depends and it really doesn't matter unless you are going for specific Like max strength gains. You are doing a hard, uh, you know, speed workout for cardio, something like that. But even then, as I'm going to tell you, you can still mix things up. And it's so cliche to say, but it is so true. It's just doing it, you know, Nike got it half right. It's not just do it. It's just do it consistently. And yes, this is where I get frustrated because of course I'm going to talk about the science and how to maximize your results. But you can't maximize your results if you're not being consistent. And I look at things through three lenses, evolution, empirical evidence, and everyday life. And this one is going to go to everyday life first. It doesn't matter what the science is. It doesn't matter what evolution says if we don't do it, if we can't fit it into our everyday life. And that is what I figured out a really long time ago back in, wow, 1999, 2000, when I said, I'm going back to school for a master's. And I was like, what what should I study? And of course, exercise science was going to be part of it. But I thought, I need more than that. I need sports psychology. I need human behavior. We all know that we need to move more and eat better. The vast majority of people don't do it. And the people who do do it don't think they do enough. And the people that are starting to figure it out with the bad advice think they do enough which goes to the documentary I've been working on for a while now. You can't outrun your fork. The truth about exercise and weight loss, but I digress. (laughs) So as I often do, I'm getting worked up. And this one is, is this question is difficult in one regard. The regard that the advice is from the person's son, who's a trainer but I'm gonna give my unbiased, tough love answer. And I assume, maybe I shouldn't, that the trainer's young and just starting out, but I'm gonna give my unvarnished, as I always do, opinion and advice. All right, what is the question? You're like, shut up, Tom, just give me the question. And this is through Instagram. At the end of every show, I say, you got a question, comment, whatever, reach out. And this is a perfect example of what I love. Okay. I'm going to read you. We went back and forth. (laughs) I'm going to read you the conversation I had with this listener. And thank you to the listener for this phenomenal question. Uh, Here we go. So question started with, sometimes I like to run for one minute on the treadmill between each of my weight sets. My gym is at home, so I'm not taking up cardio space from other people. First of all, it doesn't matter. <laughs> you can jump on and off, uh, if, even if you're at the at the gym, uh, if that's what the questioner meant. Uh, I feel like this is a good way to combine strength and cardio. My trainer's son said I should not, and not is in capital letters, be doing this. I don't train like this every time, but sometimes I do for a change in variety to switch it up or for saving time. I'm going to come back to that. Is there a reason I shouldn't do this? Please advise. Phenomenal. My response, such a great question. Before I give my answer, I want you to ask your son why he thinks you shouldn't do this. So that was my response to the question. The person came back. He thinks strength and cardio should be separate. He has different prep prior to each he doesn't think that it's fair to either thing to divide the attention away from the focus on the other and i had one final question and i said final question (laughs) what are your fitness goals what do you ultimately want to achieve from your workouts the final response Sanity, health. I'm 58. I want to be able to stay active as I enter later middle age and old age. I want to increase my running. I can do about three miles. I want to increase strength and muscle. Perfect. So much here. So much here. And again, I know you love your son. I love that your son is in fitness. Your son, (laughs) here we go. Okay, so much here. Words matter. Words matter. This is why I ask questions. And by the way, after over three decades in this industry, when I have a discussion with someone or someone asks me a question, I'm at a party, a family member, a friend about fitness. This is what I do. It's just question after question. And when you don't get, there's almost no circumstance where, when you ask a fitness question of someone, doctor, whatever, trainer, nutritionist, if there aren't a handful of questions that follow, if there's a, here's the absolute black and white answer, generally a huge problem, huge problem, words matter. And so I'm going to pull out a bunch of the words. We're going to go back and forth here. Okay. Uh, We're talking about science, right? So let me just... Oh. uh, Let me pull this in. Uh, The questioner also said, I would never do this on a leg day. Uh, I feel as if... I feel if I'm working hard enough... In legs, I wouldn't be able to run. It's just an upper body option for me. Okay. Again, I'm going to say that you, you, can, you can do both. You can do both. All right, so let's pull this apart. Let's pull this apart. What's the science? So I was waiting for the science from the sun, from the trainer. Didn't get it. Didn't get it. So what are the words? Uh, cardio should be separate. Okay, so we knew that from the original question. Different prep. So let's talk about that. What's the prep? What's the prep? I don't prep <laughs> for the vast majority of my workouts. Uh, I, you know, when I came out with my original fitness videos, there were people that said the warm up, the stretching before that I didn't stretch before bicep curls, tricep, uh, and and you know extensions, dumbbells, body weight exercises. That wasn't the science even way back then. Now this goes to everyday life. Now there are people that have time to prep, and there are certain workouts that you need to prep for. I I, I would, if I had more time, uh, ask what the prep is. I pretty much know what I'm sure you know. I see at the gym, there's a lot of foam rolling, and there's stretching, and there's you know bear crawl type movements and active warm up. Awesome, awesome. And if you're doing high intensity training. You need a warm-up. You can't go to box jumps or fast sprints without getting the body warm. You can. Your likelihood of injury is increased. Okay? But that's the first term, first reason given. Different prep. What's the prep for building endurance on a treadmill? You know what the prep for running is? Running. Again, unless you're going and doing a track workout or speed intervals on The treadmill or a bike, but let's just keep to running for argument's sake. You know, I wrote in my book, The Marathon Method. You know why people stretch before a marathon? (laughs) Before a marathon. And and I'm not talking the elites, talking, you know, the 30,000, 50,000 others, you know, New York City Marathon. You stretch because you have time. You have like hours to kill, you're nervous, it's something to do, and everyone else is doing it. Those are the three main reasons people stretch. You know what your warm up is for a marathon? The first couple miles. <laughs> That's the warm up. And it's more than the first couple miles. Again, I generalize, but this is true. This is true. Okay. Uh, yes, I'm an experiment of one, but I've been doing this a really long time. And, you know, I've competed at a really high level. When I go to the gym, there's no prep. The prep for me, At 53, this this questioner is 58. The prep is getting there. (laughs) The prep is getting dressed, you know? But when I'm doing chest press and the basic strength moves, I don't need a lot of, I don't need any prep. Now, the number one reason people give for lack of exercise is time. And so, you know, I love when you see certain fitness people say, oh, here's my 20-minute prep before whatever. They're hour-long workout. Most people don't have an hour 30. And guess what? I do have that time. And I don't do it because I don't need to. And I'm injury-free, people. Injury-free. Results speak, okay? Okay. So I'm not going to not do something if it's going to keep me from getting injured, but I'm also not going to waste time. My job for you is to get you the greatest results in the shortest amount of time with the least likelihood of injury. Let me digress for one second because it was pretty awesome. <laughs> totally digress. I'm going to annoy some people, but this person said the same thing really quickly. Caught a quick clip. I'm not even sure who it was. Ridiculously enormous. What looked to be powerlifter on Joe Rogan's podcast talking about deadlifts. And saying how the vast majority of people should not deadlift heavy. I've been saying that for years for the exact same reason he gave. That the cost benefit is ridiculously high. If you want to deadlift, awesome. So many people doing it today. I don't deadlift heavy. I never have. Shouldn't say never. I mean, of course. Back in the day, experimenting, learning. And then when I learned enough and what it would do for me, cost benefit too high. Too many many other options. And this person said, unless you are like a power lifter who is deadlifting for, you know, professionally almost, you shouldn't do it. And he gave it as, as a, an example too. If you go into professional teams, you know, NFL, weight rooms and things like that, the vast majority of them are doing other Olympic style lifts. Because cost benefit's too high. I digress. But yeah, yeah. That's science. That's the cost-benefit. So I'm just saying, like, it's about getting you the greatest results, shortest amount of time, least likelihood of injury. I know there's many people who love deadlifts. Everyone's deadlifting today. And if you love it, I'm not going to yuck your yum, but I'm going to give you the science. And you don't throw out your back, although you're starting to see those videos too. It's generally not deadlifts though. It's squats and crazy bench press and things like that. But deadlifts, it's like a credit card or a Paper clip, you bend it hundreds of times incorrectly. Or you bend it hundreds of times under stress before it fails. And when it fails, it fails. Just had to get that off my chest. <laughs> Again, if you're deadlifting and you're doing it with good form and you don't have issues, awesome. Awesome, you know, I, I'm not going to yuck your yum, but I'm going to give you Why? I do certain things. There's so many options, so many options. And this was from, I don't know who it was. I didn't have time to <laughs> to look it up. It shocked Joe Rogan too. Joe Rogan couldn't believe that this guy was saying, you know, most people shouldn't deadlift. Okay, anyway, <laughs> where was I? This is all connected, different prep, right? Okay, prep. Most people don't have time to prep. Oh, that's where I was going. So I have a friend who's just a lunatic fitness person. Moved to Tennessee All they do is work out. Later in life, no spouse, no kids, really low overhead and gives people, you know, doesn't go on, this is what they say, they don't go on vacations, they don't go to the movies, they don't go out to dinner, this person. And then the expectations is you're going to do the workouts and all the prep and things like that, like this person. That is not real world. This person does not live in the real world, lives in their world, which is fine. But the expectation is that you should too. And this person has a ridiculous amount of injuries, but blames it on things other than the workouts. My job. Greatest results, shortest amount of time, least likelihood of injury. I'm not going to apologize for that. I'm not going to apologize for the science. Okay? But that's quite often what you see on social media and these people who aren't living in the real world. And many of them aren't telling you the truth. Number are people who say they're natural. It's, oh, like, oh. Anyway. See? Mm, I said I was going to get more worked up this year, and I am. And again, this is not you know, uh, by any means, a personal attack on this trainer. This is common. This is common. And this is what many of them see and are learning through social media for the most part. Okay. Uh, different prep. Again, unless you're lifting ridiculously heavy with this person is not doing or doing, <laughs> uh, their goals do not necessitate prep. Okay. Done. Uh, and then the explanation is doesn't think it's fair to either thing to divide the attention away from the focus on the other. I'm going to be a little tough here. I don't remember reading in any of my textbooks about fairness. Now, this may be the new world we live in. I'll leave it at that. But that that's there's no science between fair. Now, I think what they mean by fair is you have to give your all to strength or your all to cardio, not the case in the vast majority of people who have the goals that this person has. Not. What are the goals? I'm going to come back to it. Stay active. Increase running. Sanity. Health. No prep needed. Don't have to worry about being fair. Totally different. I'll constantly come back to this. If you're max bench pressing, if you're max squatting, if you're max deadlifting, if you're competing, but even then you can do both. All right. So I don't see science here. I don't see science. I don't see, you know, I see fair attention to, but I need, I need science. I need reasons. These are not reasons. These are not reasons. And this is why, again, when I have conversations with people just keep asking them questions why they're doing something. A family member, on keto. I don't spend a lot of time with this, but this goes to what I'm what I'm talking about. This person doesn't know what keto is, and I ask this family member. Yeah, I'll say say I'm on keto. I will say what's what's keto? Explain to me what keto is. Okay, explain to me how many carbs you are allowed to have on keto. Explain to me how many carbs, how few carbs it takes or what the number is. I don't even want to give it away uh, to get out of keto and how long it takes to get back into ketosis. So these are the type of conversations I have because so many people are operating with incorrect information. And I understand it again, being tough, but there's so much bad stuff out there. And listen, it is worse than ever before. It is, it is this last year or two having been in this industry for 30 some odd years the books that are being published the information that's out there the recommendations from the government i'm, I'm that guy that i never wanted to be talking about big farm and big food but but it's i can't not anymore i can't not is that good english is that good english <laughs> all right let's keep going here So the questioner also said, I don't train like this every time, but sometimes I do for a change and variety to switch it up or for saving time. That's four awesome reasons. For a change, that's mental. Variety, physical and mental. Switch it up, physical and mental. We need those things to adhere to our program if we continue to do the same workout, we will get bored, we will plateau, we we will stop seeing results, and we'll stop working out. So many people. I mean, everything that needs to be in a great program, this person, this listener has here in this question. I don't train like this every time. Awesome. They mix it up. But sometimes I do for a change and variety to switch it up and for saving time. Saving time. Perfect segue, of course. Uh, Greatest results, least amount of time, least likelihood of injury. Gonna come back to that. I just wanna address when they say, I would never do this on the leg day. I feel if I'm working hard enough in legs, I wouldn't be able to run. It's just an upper body option for me. Okay, that's fine. And if you want to do that, if that's how hard you go on leg day, totally get it. But you totally could. This is basically one minute we're talking about, by the way. One minute. That's maximizing your time, given your goals. People in the gym, even people who are doing the max bench, thing, what do they do? I see it every day. They do a set usually with really bad form and then they sit on their phones for three to five minutes. Then they do another set with really bad form and then they sit on their phone for five to seven minutes. Okay. Let me just give you an example. Back when I was coaching triathletes and marathoners, still do it a little bit, but it was a huge part of my life writing the books back then, competing myself, again, do all those things today, just not a, uh, you know, it's a smaller part of what I do. But when you give a triathlete workouts, right? Swim, bike, run, and strength. There's four disciplines that they need to work into their life. And so a common question I would get is, how do I get my strength workouts in? In other words, sometimes they have to do their strength and their runs, their strength and their bike, their strength and their swims on the same day. And guess what? There's value to all of that really quickly as a runner. Sometimes, I would do a strength workout and then go for a run. Guess what? I'm teaching my body to run on tired legs. And that's value. There's value to that. And, you know, 254 PR marathon, one, a small marathon, many sub three hour marathons with a body type that shouldn't do that. So this works. And sometimes I would do legs uh, workout after the run. A, because I had to fit it in. And B... There's value to it. Now I'm doing a leg workout after being fatigued, also warmed up, by the way, and all of that variation pays off. And that's a huge part of the everyday life. If you are doing a lot of things, you don't have the luxury like the people who say, "Oh, it's a great one." Back to the the trainer who lives in you know the south and all they do is workout. Was recently, and I've seen other fitness people do this. Make fun of people. For getting up early to exercise because sleep is important. Well, guess what? Not everyone has the luxury of being able to sleep in till 7, 8, 9 in the morning. Everyday life. So you can do this on a leg day. Totally get it. Say it one last time. If you're doing super heavy and you're like, oh my gosh, but this is a minute. It's not like you're going to run and it will actually loosen up your legs. You can go Slowly. You know, my 13-year-old son just did his first hard leg workout the other day. He's done leg workouts, but super sore. And I said to him, you know, you're going to think that you need to sit around and do nothing to make that go away. But truthfully, low-level activity, walking, riding the bike, low-level, jumping on the myriad equipment I have at the house, or going for a walk again, will help. All right, so you can, is my point. You can. All right, let's finish up with the goals. Now, I didn't want to ask this person their age. I'm glad that they threw it out there. I assumed, A, that they would or B, old they were, but it didn't even really matter, but it it makes it that much more important. What are their goals? Sanity. Sanity. There's no research that says if you uh, combine strength and cardio it decreases the cognitive effects. In fact, as I will read shortly, it's the opposite. And many of my podcasts, okay? There's nothing that says if you do strength and cardio together, you don't get those um, endorphins. You don't get those, uh, the blood flow to your brain. Of course you do. And I would argue you get more depending on the workout design, okay? Health, 100%. You're doing cardio and strength, two of the most important things. Minutes matter. And if you do 10 minutes, in other words, 10 by one minute on the treadmill, same benefit, if not a little more, depending on what you're doing, than 10 continuous minutes. You can break up your workouts. That is why my most recent book is called The Micro Workout Plan. It's five-minute workouts that you can stack. You can do an hour if you want, if you have the time, or you can do 15, 20. That's real life and that's science filled with studies that support that. I'm going to read a couple really quickly in a second. So health, of course. You're working your heart. You're working your muscles. You're working your balance. You're doing everything. Activities of daily living, right? ADLs. I want to be able to stay active as I enter later middle age and old age then you want to do exactly what you're doing. strength and cardio. You can do it together, you can break it up, but it's about being consistent. I know I'm a broken record, but for good reason. I'm all about excessive moderation and that's why I'm injury free. But it doesn't mean I don't compete at a high level. It means that the people that were pushing it too hard Too early, without balance, without moderation, they're not doing it anymore. And many of them blame other things. I'm 53, I'm going to be doing this when I'm 103. All right? Sanity, health, activities of daily living. Awesome. Increase running. What better way than to break it up? Running is really boring for most people. This person's doing three miles. Awesome. They're building up their endurance. You want to get better at running? You run. Doesn't matter if you run Walk, you know, break it up. I won that marathon, got my first sub three marathons. I run, walk all the time. I just walk for a very short amount of time, every mile. And I run a lot faster for each mile. I don't run 26 miles. I run one mile 26 times. That's evolution. We're born to do that. We're not born to run. We're born to run and walk. Topic for another day. (laughs) Finally, increase strength and muscle. Of course, you're going to achieve both. You're going to achieve both. All right. Let me just do the quick studies. Uh, Study about circuit training, aging research reviews. This was 2017, August. Circuit resistance training is an effective means to enhance muscle strength in older and middle-aged adults. A systematic review and meta-analysis. What was the conclusion from this? circuit resistance training. So that's basically what this person's doing. Short to no rest strength, keeping the heart rate elevated, uh, is a valid alternative to conventional resistance training. It's shorter duration and lower intensity relative to traditional resistance training. Here's the most important may increase adherence to training in older adults. You know, <laughs> the question I still haven't almost 500 episodes talked about, maybe I have, (laughs) I gotta look back. Does strength training help runners? The first and foremost reason it helps runners amongst many is it keeps you from getting injured and it keeps you able to run. Then we can talk about, you know, um, efficiency and plyometrics helping with, you know, things like that. But first and foremost, it's about adherence. So there's a study. Here's another High intensity circuit training using body weight, um, maximum results with minimal investment. This was in the ACM's Health and Fitness Journal, uh, May, June of 2013. Conclusions, high intensity circuit training seem to be an efficient means of exercise to help decrease body fat, improve insulin sensitivity, and improve VO2 max and muscular fitness. This is exercise circuit training without equipment. As the hectic pace of today's corporate world continues to infringe on the amount of time individuals have for exercise, these types of programs can offer a good option, I would say great, to help busy individuals improve their health and recover from stress via exercise. The practicality and accessibility of using high-intensity circuit training, using the body weight as a resistance makes this exercise program a viable option for the masses Individuals who previously believed they did not have the time for exercise now can trade total exercise time for total exercise effort and get similar or better health and fitness benefits. Again, circuit training, mixing cardio and strength. And finally, uh, and this just goes to strength and how much you have to do and the benefits because this person talked about just health as a goal. Uh, This is associations of resistance exercise with cardiovascular disease, morbidity and mortality. This is in Medicine and Science and Sports and Exercise 2018. The conclusion, I talked about this in numerous other podcasts. Lifting weights for less than an hour a week may reduce your risk for a heart attack, perfect, during uh, heart month, February right now, or stroke by 40 to 70%, according to a new study. Spending more than an hour in the weight room did not yield any additional benefit. And that's for that. I would say you could still do more, but the, the minutes that matter, right? Uh, the results show benefit of benefits of strength training are independent of running, walking, or other aerobic activity. In other words, we just need to do it. You don't have to do a lot. And the benefits are not just strength, they're heart as well. Okay, wrap it all up. My original fitness videos that I designed before I did all the other programs, Supreme 90 Day, Abs Diet Workout, and all those kind of things uh, were circuit training. It was an upper body exercise, a lower body exercise, a core, and then a cardio interval. Okay? And then that was 40 minutes with dumbbells and body weight. And then to make it even more efficient, I combined the upper and the lower body exercises. So it was upper and lower, core, cardio. Really, really effective. Okay? Really, really, really effective. Uh. And you can do the same. So here's a workout. I'm going to give you two. I'll give you three. (laughs) I got three here for you. And then we're done. Okay. So yes. So here's three workouts. If you have an hour, which many people are not going to do an hour, but if you do, uh, 30 and 30. 30 minutes cardio, 30 minutes of strength. What should you do first? Doesn't matter. Mix it up. Mix it up. And here's another hour. One of my favorites to give people If you're doing an hour and you want strength and cardio, it's 10 by 10 times three. What does that mean? 10 minutes of cardio, Uh, 10 minutes of strength, full body circuit in 10 minutes, okay? So you go treadmill, let's say, you walk for 10 minutes, You you get off, you do 10 minutes of chest, shoulders, biceps, triceps, legs, 10 minute body weight, dumbbells, barbell, whatever, full body, 10 minutes. Then you do another 10 minutes of cardio another second circuit or a second circuit and then a third final 10 minutes of cardio and then a third strength circuit. Fantastic. And you can mix up the cardio. You can walk on the treadmill. You can do the elliptical in the middle if you have access to both. You can ride a bike for the third. And I gave you a workout before where it was steady state for 10, hills for the middle 10, and fast intervals for the final thirty. Now, I would assume that the trainer's son would say you can't do hills and speed and (laughs) steady state in the same workout. Yes, you can. You're going to get benefits, huge benefits. You can mix it up. Yes, you can have your hill day. Yes, you can have your speed day. I do do that too. But like your parent, I like to mix it up. Let me get the exact wording. Uh, I like a change, I like variety, and I like to switch it up, and I like to save time. All right? I hope you're getting the point here. All right, final third workout. If you have 30 minutes, take my circuit format, upper, lower, core cardio. Do each for a minute times seven times. That's 28 minutes, plus or minus, you know, changing around. It's going to be 30 minutes. So upper, you do like push-ups, chest press, lower, squats, dumbbells if you want, core, a plank and cardio, running in place, skaters, jumping rope. Make your own circuit using that format. Seven seven rounds, four exercises, one minute each. Thank you for the awesome question. Awesome. I'm gonna bring you the science. I'm gonna break through the the misconceptions. I'm gonna leave it at that. Your son means well. They want you to get results, but oftentimes they look at it through the lens of what they're doing. That's the bias bias in exercise, along with just lack of information is a big problem, but that's okay. You got me. All right. (laughs) Thank you for listening again. Tom H fit Instagram, Tom H fit Twitter. So much content coming to you. I'm taking over everything. I'm taking over. There's going to be workouts live and all those kind of things. So check out Tom H Fit Instagram, Twitter. You can uh, email me through or direct message me through there. Email me through teamholland.com, fitnessdisrupted.com. Please uh, like, follow, subscribe, comment, rate uh, the show. Anything you can do to support, greatly appreciated. My newest book is the Micro Workout Plan. It talks about all this stuff and all the science. Uh, I'm not just saying it; and I do it. I do it. I've been doing it myself and with thousands of clients for many many years all right awesome question it's all about consistency lift heavier things get your heart rate up and do those two things consistently because remember there are three things we all control how much we move what we put into our mouths and our state of mind and that is awesome I am Tom Holland, exercise physiologist, certified sports nutritionist, lover of everything fitness. Believe in yourself. And now the words of Jack Lillane. I want to tell you how fortunate you are to have someone like Tom just trying to help you to have a better life.